Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast based around the principles of our non-distressed auction model and Australian real estate concepts at work today in the US marketplace. We focus on scripts, dialogues, real situations in negotiation, listing appointments, prospecting, and all concepts to do with real estate. We look forward to being real and rethinking real estate with you. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate. Today, celebrity guest, as I always introduce him as Mr. Jonathan Bass. I thought that when doing the listing presentation series that we bring in uh, my, uh, I, I reckon we go co-creator on this, co-creator. John and I, you know, spent quite a bit of time actually organizing the listing kit um, when it, uh, amongst its conception, not to mention as well as some of the doodling, as I would call it, John, <laughs> that, that went on. Deciphering the hieroglyphics, which oh. are your handwriting. Oh, the hieroglyphics <laughs> of my handwriting is something that is an absolute marvel. There's no question about that. But the, uh, but then you know, reflecting on this, like I would have thought that I, I know looking at the computer that there was, oh, I think it was somewhere in the vicinity of 25 versions of this that I'd copied in there after our drawings. Like I'd scan them so that I wouldn't lose them and whatever it may be. And there was parts where you would reflect and go back to it after two or three days. In some cases, a week, and go back when you had some time to go through it. And I'd go what is that drawing? Like that looks like a cat holding an umbrella over a house. It doesn't look like anything at all. <laughs> there was a lot of concepts that were thrown in at the beginning that, oh, you know, yeah. didn't make the final cut, but it was good to kind of, you know, clean the trash out of it and, and make it simplified and, and, you know, really think of it in how a, how a seller is going to look at it. Absolutely. Right? Right. So we, we've the episode today is about why auction. So we're going to go through the why auction tab in the listing presentation kit. And, uh, mate, I'm going to let you lead the way for this section. And I'm going to throw in my little bits as we go as best as I possibly can. But the, uh, the reality is take us through the why auction tab because we've already gone in the previous episode through who Harcourt's Auctions is and giving some credibility to our business and who we are and what we have done, because I think that's important getting anybody to understand that we are a credible organization. But now it turns into the part where, as I like to introduce this section, why auction is that Mr. and Mrs. Seller, one of the words being auction is not a polite word in the space of real estate. And ultimately, I believe that what we've created and what we've been very conscious of over the past six years of running auctions here in the United States is collecting as much data as we possibly can in order to um, have the evidence in order to defeat the disbelief that comes with that word, because I'm going to show you how we're going to leverage that word to get you the best result. So that's usually just an introduction to the why auction section for me, but mate, take it away. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and I, I think that it's rare for someone to go into a listing presentation with other companies and feel comfortable broadcasting their statistics mm. because when you look at it, you know, industry wide, they're not that sexy. No, right? they're not. They really aren't. And so this is going to give you an opportunity to, just as you said, defeat the disbelief, so to speak, to build auction up and build that credibility even further. Mm-hmm. Um, but even more so, give them the comfortability that we have a process um, that whether it's your plan A, plan B, or what have you, is incredibly successful. So, you know, we jump right into it and it, it shows an overview of our statistics, um, talking about auction perception, the numbers, um, the types of properties, you know, the market exposure and so forth. 
code, which we break yep. down into subsections here. And, we, and, and that's that's the statistic sheet that we relied on for so long before this booklet. Um, you know, it's just breaking down into a one pager. And the reason it's not as big and the reason that we designed it not to be as big because the book actually breaks it down section by section. We just want to give them an overview at the start of just showing them that, hey, I am going to go through the numbers with you. I'm going to show you this and I'm going to dive into this. We're not going to try and hide behind anything or try and put smoke and mirrors into the play here. That's sort of the subcontext of us having that at the very beginning because this entire um, part of this booklet, the first page after you turn over Y Auction is designed in order to just give an overview. Yeah, absolutely. So when you dive right into understanding really the clearance rates, you know, um, I say, you know, guys, you know, you have to understand the exposure um, that we have in this marketplace. Mm -hmm. And to understand that correctly is really to dive into, you know, what have we listed in the mm -hmm. last 12 months? Um, and, you know, as an organization, we've listed 1,309 properties last year. And of 1,309 properties, um, we sold just over or just under, I should say, uh, 1,200 properties. That's operating right at about a 91, 92% clearance rate. Now, you know, to really sub-segment that out um, and to show really how process, how this process is adaptable to the marketplace um, is that, you know, 43% of our properties sell very much like a traditional sense prior to auction. It's mm -hmm. really just the, uh, the excitement that the auction brings. It breeds urgency. It breeds competition. It breeds leverage for us to get to an optimal number that you're happy with accepting prior to auction. Um, but we're selling more and more of our auctions on the day of auction. You know, certainly auction is a card that we have in our back pocket and we can choose to utilize that card if we can foresee us being able to leverage more capital out of a buyer or a group of buyers. And it shows to the adaptability of this process and the understanding of the process in the marketplace that buyers are more comfortable now mm. entering into that auction arena. Right. And so now it's representing about half of the properties, you know, um, of those, you know, before auction and after auction, some 40 something percent properties are selling on the day of auction, mm. which is really great. It not only gives us the ability to ensure that we're not leaving any money on the table yep. at all whatsoever and clearly articulate to our client um, that, hey, you know, guys, we've taken this pr you know, prior to auction. This was the final and best of the top three, you know, uh, buyers that were interested in the property. But now we've put them into a competitive atmosphere where they have, you know, not only the fear of loss, the urgency and all that, but they have the social proof and they have the buyer's confidence of seeing the other offers social, that are there. Social proof is an incredible terminology. Oh, it's really better. Like it's just a great, that's a great way to put it through to people is that, you know, social proof is one of the things that I believe milks the most money in that situation because of the fact that, you know, they can see the competition and whatever it may be. But uh, but then also after auction as well, John, you know, having that opportunity to then know exactly what the property's worth and and explaining that to a seller that, that, that this is the this is the three steps in the process itself, the three steps in the process itself that give us a myriad of options. And if we consider the auction process versus a traditional transaction, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I need you to understand that we bring the best of both worlds into this equation, yeah. you know, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, again, I'm going through the process at the moment of pitching it to a new marketplace that where we don't have a good brand name at this point, or excuse me, no, I don't mean good, a much of a brand name at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, to see their eyes light up that this is the best of absolute both worlds in order to, you know, really have an event where people are scared that they are going to be in so much competition can really give some leverage. And this, and where I bring this into is that, this is where in this section, um, so guys, the current page that we're in is, is understanding clearance rates is the title of that page, auction versus traditional. And explaining this page and going through it as John has just already gone through it, I think is a really well articulated way to go through it. Part of this also is that 
explaining the diversity of the auction process in this section. And what I mean by that is that how it encompasses a marketplace that is really, really buoyant and there's a lot of interest at the moment, how that added transparency when people feel comfortable and that they feel that it's an transparent environment that they will pay more. And guys, I can be testament to being in one of the best marketplaces in the world at the moment, being San Francisco and offering this process and buyers literally salivate at the fact that they're going to be able to see what other people are offering because- 100%. that, that lack of transparency is such a, a fearful arena where you've got a real estate agent going, you've got to pay more. How much more? You've just got to put your best foot forward. It's really daunting for them, not to mention people missing out on properties because they don't have the final say. One of the things that is really common is people going, well, I would have paid that if I knew that that's what was offered. Um, so, And we break that down in our next section and our next episode, which is you know auction versus traditional. However, the thing that I will point out is showing the diversity also. They're not only in a buoyant marketplace, but then going into a suppressed marketplace where, where ultimately, again, another tab in the booklet that we'll go through is exposure. But this is one of the ways that we can show them that we can get your market feedback as quickly as possible. We can allow your property not to be on the marketplace in isolation, but on the market in competition. Not to mention as well is that the fear of auction date and the perception of auction of having having such high volume of interest, even if we don't, there's that anonymity that plays in effect in auction that if someone offers before that we can place that person in such leverage that we can use it even if we didn't have any other people interested in the property. The diversity of this auction process, guys, the diversity of auction in general is one of the reasons for its success and one of the reasons for my passion for it, no doubt yours as well, John. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, to your point about, uh, you know, really from the buyer's perspective, as far as that social proof on auction day, mm. and I was just up in Oregon. Mm. And one of the questions that I asked in both sessions that I held up there, mm. you know, some 50 agents or so mm-hmm. um, is guys, how many times have you had a buyer? Um, you're representing a buyer where they didn't end up securing the property and they missed out for about $5,000. Yeah, Every yeah. single hand in the room shot up. You know, That's people right. said $500, yeah, exactly. you know? Um, and so, you know, those same buyers, you know, after, you know, it closes escrow and they go on Zillow and they see that they lost it for 5,000, 500, whatever. Um, they're kicking themselves in the shins going, yeah. I would have offered more than that. I know if I just knew. I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, guys, but we'll, we'll bring back to the booklet here in a second when our next page is going to be clearance rate. And we go through this and John did a very, very good job. This is his design and his explanation of this, of these next couple of pages here, because he did a great job at all, sort of putting it on paper. One of the things I definitely struggle with is putting it on paper. But the, the, the thing that was really important that I think that everybody should take into consideration at the moment in those buoyant marketplaces like Oregon and like Northern California and places where we are, where there's multiple offers up into Canada and even some areas of Southern California at the beginning of 2000 and, uh, 2020 rather, you know, the market's been pretty good. There has been some serious legal issues come out, come out of the open because we call it marketplace fatigue where the buyers get so pissed off okay, for lack of better terminology, that they go and actually approach the old sellers and tell them, well, I would have paid more, but I never was given an opportunity. And the sellers end up suing the listing agent. You know, there's never been more lawsuits in a perspective of misrepresenting the fiduciary obligation of the listing agent to the sellers Mm -hmm. than there ever has been before in the history of Californian real estate. Okay. I'm not sure about some of the other ones, but I'm, I'm, I have the pleasure of being part of the California association of realtors a little bit with our auction stuff. And ultimately it is just one of the big issues at the moment because of there's some serious interest on serious properties and there's, and, and traditional real estate is not geared for transparency. Yeah, no, not at all. No, it's those smoky mirrors of negotiations in which it operates on and it just doesn't breed trust. 
trust. It doesn't breed, um, you know, a, a buyer ever putting their maximum output forward with That's that right. fear and the ambiguity. That's right. So, so mate, we've gone through the statistic sheet. We've gone through understanding clearance rates, auction versus traditional. Our next page that leads into that um, and ties into it is clearance rates, okay, understanding the market. Yeah. Um, so just explain quickly what our purpose of this page and our next page is, um, you know, to sort of gra- get the seller to grasp. What, what, what are we trying to get them to grasp and then go through how you present it? Yeah, so we've presented now our clearance rate. Now we want them to have a clear understanding or a perception of what an average clearance rate is in a marketplace. And mm-hmm. so we want to give them the best can, uh, best case scenario and the worst case scenario. And Great. so what we highlight here is it's rather uh, theoretical in the sense that, you know, in 2008, um, you know, there was a great shift in the marketplace from, you know, owners to renters. Um, it restricted, you know, the first time home buyer from being able to purchase a property because of, you know, record high interest rates mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, and then you've got uh, the contrast to that, which is 2018, where the market was, you know, relatively volatile or not, not volatile, relatively uh you know, uh, it hit its peak, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we really did. Um, and so showing that, you know, in the worst of markets, you really you really operate at a list to sale ratio at about, you know, 20%. Mm. Um, and in the best of markets, um, you know, really about 50%. If you look at, you know, really the country, you know, over, yeah. on an overall basis, you know, you uh, operate over in the Bay Area and you say 60%. all the time that that is the best market in the entire United States. Well, the, well the, uh, yeah, you, the United States is correct. I was corrected by the boys up in Canada saying that they believe that the Canadian marketplace was better when it was at its height, but that marketplace crashed and burned recently to yeah. the point that it's really bad. Um, but the Bay Area for the last 10, 15 years has been so solid based on all the numbers that we've gone through with our feasibility. But it's interesting to note, best marketplace in the world only still has a 60% clearest rate of all real estate. So guys, understand that. 62% is the height, right? Yeah. So theoretically, anywhere between 20% and 60% yeah. is what the list to sale ratio is in the United States, in the entire United States. Yeah. So then we take it to the next page where then we we can you know have a contrast between yes. auction and traditional. It's a good contrast too, isn't it? Oh man, yeah. If you sit in front of a seller and you tell them, "Hey guys, you know, overall we've got a ninety-one point six percent clearance rate." Oh, and when you look at you know you know let's let's say that we're not in the best market right now, but we're definitely not in the worst either. So Absolutely. we fall somewhere between that thirty and fifty percent. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, let's say it's at 50, the high end, okay? Would you rather start with a process that yields a result half of the time or 91.6% of the time? And one of the things where, where this came from, guys, is, and I know that a lot of you listening have maybe heard this story a number of times, John, I know you have, but but this is where, where this contrast came from, from my perspective and adding it into my equation, looking this up before a listing presentation that I was doing when I was back on the tools in real estate, doing it myself, is that, you know, my father was one of the key examples that I use as somebody that's so naive about real estate and just your typical stereotypical seller out there that wants too much money and doesn't understand. My father has no idea about real estate, even though he thinks he does, like the traditional person out there that owns property. However, you know, one of the things that I looked at when he he's when um when I went to visit dad, you know, we were driving past the real estate sign. There was a gentleman who used to work in one of our offices and he's a very good real estate agent and his sign was up in the same street as my dad and we, we drove past it and he goes, oh, I'd never list my home with that clown. And I'm like, why? Like, he's pretty good. And he goes, he goes, no, that place has been on the marketplace forever. I'm like, oh, really? Anyway, I, I looked it up when I got home and uh, I said to dad, I said, it's only been in the marketplace two weeks. And he goes, he goes, yeah, things move quickly around here. I'm like, dad, the average days on market here is 290 plus days. 
okay? And he's like, no, 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 that can't be right. No, it's not. In complete denial. And, you know, the the reality is, is that, guys, you need to point this out to your sellers. They believe that if they list their home, everyone's going to want it. You know, like... What delusions of grandeur is something that we have to manage. I say manage greed all the time. You know, I'm just trying to phrase it in a different word, but it is a factor of that they do believe their property is a castle, but give them better understanding of their marketplace that Mr. and Mrs. Seller, you realize that you have between a 30 and 50% on average chance of selling with your first realtor. Yeah. They'll be shocked. They'll be like, no, that can't be true. And then you can show them the statistics in that individual area that you are, okay? And you can show them the fact that, hey, this is the case. Mm-hmm. And even if the marketplace is unbelievable, it's only unbelievable for a certain period of time. Give you an example of Canada, for example. It had a 96% clearance rate at one point, only for a short period of time though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you took it historically over the last 20 years, that would represent not even probably 1% of that period of time. Yeah. So I think that these are the things that we need to give – a better understanding of an listing presentation because I do believe we take for granted the seller, the the traditional marketplaces or the or the sellers' uh, uh, knowledge of the real estate market. I don't believe that they really realize any of the things that we point out to them. No, absolutely, a- absolutely. So you know, it's a way that you can articulate that to them and bring it all back to home and compare auction versus traditional. Yeah. And not necessarily your traditional process, but let's just talk every single other company that's operating on a traditional capacity yep. and what are the results that they're bringing forward. Yep. And, you know, I, I, I talked to Kevin the other day and Kevin mm. said, you know, when you offer auction and traditional and you just lean on the statistics and you go, you know, you got that 50% chance or 40 or 30, depending upon the market that you're in, then you've got a 91.6% chance. Whereas the versatility of going to Oregon, Washington, Nevada, up into Canada, Hawaii, all different marketplaces and still to. operating at a 91.6% success rate. Yeah. What do you want to start with? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, uh, like clubbing seals, for lack of a better word. <laughs> for those of you that were at uh, the uh, kickstart, you guys will remember that. And then Michael Back sent me a picture of a seal clubbing a human. Like, <laughs> there you go. They're like, I wonder if they say the same thing. But yeah. uh, but then, so leading into the segue of our last page in the in the Y auction section, John, and I wanted I want to take this one because this is something that I've used recently. Because one of the things that we all know that auction is a specialty and is offering it to somebody that's previously been on the marketplace, of course. And one of the things that I'm incredibly proud of at the process that which we We've built here is the fact that we can actually we still have a 91.6% strike rate even though on this graph here where it says types of property it stipulates the success rate again at the top of 91.6% in the past 12 months but it also stipulates that 51% of those properties were previously listed on the market. Now again one of the other things that sellers don't grasp guys and that we need to make a pertinent point of is the fact that when a home's been on the marketplace previously it is hard to revitalize that reputation because likelihood is that we all know this on an internal basis, not that we would mention this or articulate this to a seller in this way, shape or form, but we know that a property stays on the market because of location, poor expectation on price. But the other real thing that I believe a property spends its time on the market because of is because an agent is overpromised in the beginning and based on the value in order to buy the listing just to disappoint them later, even though the seller probably would have been reasonable if they actually started off at the right price in the first place. 100%. Okay? So that's the one thing that I think is really important to stipulate to people is that we've managed to maintain that type of clearance rate, okay, when it comes to auction, but still 51% of the inventory on the marketplace based on the principle that had already been listed and we had to revitalize that. John? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, uh, you said it perfectly. It's it's mopping up the mess of that previous agent um, and the fact that, you know, more than half of the business that we take on 
we have to do that and yeah. reinvigorate it back to the marketplace. And despite that yeah. and the challenges that you face doing that, yep. we're still operating at a 91.6% success rate. That's right. So that's why we put that, that success rate right at the top. So continually through this, you can just reference it as many times as you can and relate it back to not only the market, but the types of properties that we do and how it's a struggle for a company that half of their listings or more than half of their listings, um, we have an uphill battle to achieve mm. and we're still operating at that high of a success rate. That's right. Important other point down the part bottom there as well is the primary place of residence. A lot of people think that our numbers are skewed by investor properties or flips or whatever it may be, but 93% of all real estate transactions that we're part of with as an auction auction business are primary residence that people are living in. So I think that's important to point out as well. And we have a healthy mix also um, of 48% in that booklet. It states 48%, knowing that it doesn't equal 100% here, guys, because there's that 1% of just weird, odd little situations of properties that actually don't classify as on the market previously or new. Um, so that 48% actually is new homes to marketplace that it haven't been listed before um, for at least a 12-month period of time or longer. And that, again, is making it a little bit easier, but at the same point in time, just proving that we're doing both. Yeah, I think absolutely. That's it. And then it also stipulates, again, guys, that one thing, zero distressed for closed REO or bank-owned properties. We do not participate in distressed real estate, giving them that opportunity as well. Yeah. Anything to add, John, for that section? No, I think we covered it. Beautiful. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. That's why auction. Tune into our next episode. That'll be auction versus traditional. Much of the same, but much more detailed in a perspective of breaking down traditional, imitation auctions, and real auction and comparing them all. Thanks for listening, guys.